0: So today, especially as the kids head back, the, the whole service of, of, of message is coming to us from Room at the Inn teams. We have several of those teams here. There are dozens and dozens of people involved in Room at the Inn in various ways. And so some of those folks, and led by Davis in Worship, are going to be a part of this. And Debbie and Kim and all the rest are all here to kind of share their story. Today is changing the homeless. Something near and dear to our hearts here at this church especially. We've been Room at the Inn for how many years?
1: 20 plus oh wow that's loud
0: 20 plus years yeah. of doing room at the end so it's very invested in who we are and what we do we originally did it in this building and if you go back over if you go back over here hidden back away is one shower there's one shower actually in this building if you can find it you know then you can use it but uh, <laughs> there's one shower in this building and that's what they used Um, before they built the CLC, and of course they built the CLC in order to be able to take room at the inn and be able to have more showers and more facilities. So it was wrapped around it. So I want to say a word of prayer over each one of the team members this morning as they come forth to share their word. Gracious God, I just ask now that you anoint each person who's going to speak this morning. Speak through their testimony, through their, their words to us about how room at the inn has impacted them and changed their lives. And may it also speak into our lives about how we can be changed as well, reaching out to the poor, the homeless. They all have stories as well. And so we come now together to hear their stories and to hear our stories. Pour out your Spirit on us as we gather in this place. May these words be acceptable and pleasing to you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, the people of God said together, Amen. Amen.
1: Well, good morning, Good Shepherd. Uh, I know it's a little odd to see me down here. For those of you that don't know me, I'm Davis Taylor. I'm usually the guy in the sound booth that uh, Jeremy talks to during service, because it's always the sound guy's fault, right? Always. (laughs) Always. So, uh, uh, welcome this morning. We have a very special Sunday this morning. Uh, I have several different members that are going to be giving their testimonies this morning as to what room in the inn is or... uh, about to them. So first, as we get ready to get started here, let me take just a moment. Our scripture verses today are Deuteronomy 1511 and Matthew 25, 35 through 46. Oh, that's right. Whoa. Mark, you can bring the gang down just a little bit, please. Uh, Deuteronomy 15.11 poor persons will never disappear from the earth that's why I'm giving you this command you must open your hand generously to your fellow Israelites to the needy among you and to the poor who live with you in your land and I'd like to take this time to invite Wayne and Jan Lovell to come forward and talk to us this morning yes please
2: hello hey Hello, I'm Wayne Lovell. For those of you that don't know, we've been there, and done that. A um, little, little bit about Room at the End, and maybe somebody's gonna fill this out. Room at the End was started back in the '80s. There were four church congregations. It's a church-based uh, program for the homeless. I think now, maybe somebody correct me. I think there's now 140 churches involved at Room at the End, and they serve 200. 200. 200. Well, it's been a while since I asked. 200. I knew somebody would correct me before it's over. So, there's now over 200 churches and they serve over 1,400, 1,500 people. Primarily, what we've known for, most churches are known for from, from March uh, back through November. Spending the night, it does run year end. Like they had a, a program this summer for, they were trying to get t shirts. Maybe somebody saw that, it was pretty well publicized. Jay and I managed to scare up something like 55 t shirts for them. But uh, anyway. So Jan's going to tell you how we got involved. That's so much for that, and somebody else can expand on that. So Jan can tell you how we got involved and what it's meant to us.
3: Our daughter and son-in-law went to um, Hillcrest Church in, in Nashville, and they served on room at the inn, and they needed helpers because the people that were on their team were gone, and so they asked if we would come and help bring some food for dinner and Wayne would spend the night. And so that was our introduction to Room at the Inn, and we really were happy to do it. it. It turned out to be a great experience, and now Wayne wants to say something about that.
2: Let me tell you about things that first night, because they said spend the night. I had visioned a bunch of guys being there. It was two of us with a lot of homeless people. And I was... <laughs> scared. That's the word I'm looking for. I, I wanted to snuggle up my wallet like my four-year-old granddaughter's little sleepy time friend because I was afraid no telling what, but I quickly discovered that is not the case. These are guys that's just down on their luck. Room at the end, do uh, screen people, and I made some friends that night, and I found out quickly we had nothing, to as Franklin Delano Roosevelt once said, we had nothing to fear but fear itself, but I was a little apprehensive that first time we did it. For those of you that's not been involved in the program, never be apprehensive. These are just people like any other people trying to get their lives back together. So I quickly discovered that my first night, spent the night sleeping on the floor, by the way, with a, with a pillow and a, and a sheet, how comfortable that was. But anyway, do not be apprehensive. These are, these are just people trying to, trying to rebuild their lives. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay,
3: that's fine. Anyway, so we really enjoyed Room at the Inn. We helped them whenever they needed us. And we were kind of in looking for a church, and we had visited here at Good Shepherd and realized that Good Shepherd was a room at the inn church. And so that was the real big attraction for us that we could be participating in Room at the Inn. And the first year, we were on uh, Davis and Debbie's team, and then the next year, we got a team of our own. And uh, everybody on the team, whether you set up, whether you cook dinner, whether you spend the night, come back for breakfast, or do the laundry,
2: talk about that. <laughs>
3: everybody is an important part of the team. And the thing I think that is important I like best about our team is people bring their children. And it's a family event when we all sit down to eat with the men that come. And they like that too because a lot of the men don't get to see their own children or their grandchildren. They're far away from them, and it just gives them a little moment to have some family time. It's a place that they can be safe. And a place where there's no judgment, which is the two most important things for them, to have a break from being on the street.
2: And that's what I was going to say. We, When you talk to these guys, the, the ones that come back a lot or have been here before, they, they'll always tell you the family atmosphere is important here, that they don't get in some other churches. Uh, the way that our team interacts... We everybody on our team will eat at a table with people, talk to people, uh, and I've had people uh, guests that come and said, "Oh, in some churches they had to over in the corner," and, or we we always have good food. Jan's team uh, always has good food, and uh, they'll say, "Oh, we get a stack of pizzas from uh, uh, what's that? Little Caesars, or we or we get hot dogs or something," and, and you know, so we we always feed well. So. Uh, they do like coming to this church. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's right.
3: But that's okay. It's like our life. What can I say? But uh, anyway, we didn't realize we were part of the sermon. We just thought we were doing a short little thing about this. But anyway, we uh, do try to get ideas from the men about the things they like to eat. And, um, you know, I wanted to make um, meat and vegetables, and they love taco bar, so we do that a lot. And we try to find things that they want and things that they like, and we just kind of stick with that. Um, but we do enjoy our time with them, and uh, I really like a place that I can serve people that I know really need. Served, and that we can help uh, help them if it's just one di- one night that they have a place they can go and be comfortable, and get we have clothes a clothes closet, and uh, we try to meet as many of their needs as we can while they're here. So we would be thrilled if you all wanted to volunteer.
2: <laughs> uh, just to close up thing. I think we're supposed to somewhat avenge to us. We've said everything but. But it's meant a lot to us as a, as a growth for individuals and as a couple to uh, really get down. Now we do some other things with the homeless. I've got a different view of the homeless. And I, She's talking about judgmental. You should have caught me years ago. I judged everything by everybody, and I got over that many years ago. So I stand not judgmental to people. But... Um, uh, we have grown. We people that do room at the end and get close to the room in, get a lot more out of it than you put into it. it you have to go into it with a servant's heart. It's, te- it's taught me over the years to be a little more of a, a little more humble and to to have that servant's heart and to serve God by serving others. And so, anybody that does it for a while, if you don't get something out of it, you're just hard. You just, you'll, you'll get something out of it. All right, this is the part where we get a big round of applause. Okay. I told you that's the problem going first, right?
1: Uh, next, I'd like to invite my lovely wife, Debbie, up to talk to us. Uh, one of the things you know, that y'all mentioned was about the dinners, and that's very important. Uh, you would think, well, pizza, that's not giving our best. Well, it actually is. These guys never get pizza. They never get hamburgers and hot dogs fresh off the grill. Um, at Christmas and Thanksgiving, we do not do turkey and dressing because that's all they get. Our team last year, we did uh, country style ribs and sides for them. And so it's important to kind of think outside of the box when we talk about the needs of these gentlemen. Debbie.
4: Good morning. Thank you for allowing me to speak and share my heart on a ministry that's very near and dear to my heart. I've been working with Room in the Inn here at Good Shepherd probably for about 15 years. It's about, may, maybe a little more, but it's about 15 I started. We were in the fellowship hall. I led under Jeff and Janet, and when they left, they asked us to be team leaders, and that was scary. But I've served in many capacities, dinner, innkeeper, team leader. There's, the reasons I do it, it's hard to put that in one simple statement because there's so many, and they change all the time. But the basic reasons, my underlying reasons, it keeps me humble and grateful. It reminds me how blessed I am and how much I do have. These men are not any different than any of us sitting in this room. They're not any different whatsoever. They just don't have a roof over their heads. Some have made bad choices, which we've all done. Some have mental health issues, some have medical issues. They're just like each of us sitting in this room. We grew up poor. My mom was a single mom of five children, and there was always people around to help us, to help mom, to give her a little boost and give her a bag of groceries when she needed or take us Christmas shopping for clothes and toys when we needed that. So I've always kept that with me, and one of the reasons I give back is to pay it forward, if you will, to kind of to give back for what was so freely given to us. And one of my favorite things is the fellowship and the laughter around the tables. When we're gathered around these tables talking to these men, we're, we're fellowshipping, we're normal. We're normal. They are normal for just a, a night, for a couple of hours. They can just let it go and not worry about things. The next part I want to talk about is why the kids, why I involve the kids so much. I started involving kids Serve, which then was called Kids Who Care Club. We started them probably about eight years ago or so, inviting them to come along and serve on one night during my team's rotation. Uh, Miss Brittany started that. Brittany Ramage, when she was here before we started that. Um, The reason these kids, I've got them involved, is they love to help. They just love to help. They're always looking for ways to help others. They love unconditionally, and they often teach us how to do the same. I learn more from watching these kids serve just like you saw a minute ago with Gideon and, and Lindsey around the table talking to these guys. Tell you a story about Lindsay when she first started helping us and she would come and the next week she'd be so excited. Aunt Debbie, Aunt Debbie, when are we going to help the gentlemen's? She's always called them the gentlemen. not the men, not the guys. She's always called them the gentlemen's, And that started when she was about four and she's eight now and still calls them the gentlemen's. She was asking the other day, when's it going to be time to help the gentlemen's? So this is why. The guys loving having the kids around, just like Wayne alluded to. They love having these kids around because it does remind them of their families, their grandchildren, their children. And sometimes they don't get to see them for a while. So having our kids around kind of helps fill that little void that's going around. Another reason is these kids touch me the men in ways that we can't. Um, I had a weekend. It's been several years now, but Jordan and Ashley were serving on my team, and they... Had made friends with a gentleman named Alonzo They had played basketball with him They talked to him, they sat and ate dinner with him The whole nine yards At the end of the night they come running to me He had went to lay down, they come running to me I need a piece of paper and a, and a marker Or something to write with So I get that for him and they go off in their little corner And they write him a letter And I wish I'd have taken a picture of what they wrote to him Hindsight's always twenty twenty. But they wrote to him, they left it on his bed After he'd fallen asleep and they went home about their day The next morning we get up, he has written them a letter back. And in case you can't read that, it says, Jordan and Ashley, what a joy it was to have met you. It may be cold outside, but it's okay because you girls gave me a warm heart last night. God bless you, your friend, Mr. Alonzo. Jordan packed that letter around with her for a long time. That really meant a lot to her that they responded that way. I know sometimes there's safety concerns. Wayne kind of alluded to that as well. It's really scary at first. And some people are concerned they don't want their kids to be in harm's way. And I can assure you, if your child wants to be involved, they're going to be safe. We keep them together. They're never alone. They go anywhere in pairs. There's adults around. In the eight or nine years I've been doing this with, kids, with these kids, we've not had one problem. Not one issue with any of the men bothering any of the kids, they love having them around. So if you have kids, I know some of you guys are new and your kids are coming up, bring them out, let them enjoy, let the men enjoy them. And that's my room in the end story.
1: Thank you, Debbie. I'd like to invite Miss Mitzi Baker up for her tale. Mitzi also, uh, she's going to probably talk about this, but she serves on the team, and then she also does laundry, which uh, is probably one of the dirtiest jobs we do. And so we're very thankful for, for those. How
5: about this one? So um, I don't remember when I started doing the laundry, but um, I remember sitting out in, the, in where everybody is, sitting now and people talking about room in the inn and serving. I was like, you know, I really don't have time to do this. You have to be at a certain place at a certain time and do certain things. And I just don't have time for that. I've got little bitty babies and I can't even keep us straight. How am I thinking I'm going to do anything else? But um, year after year, it's like I really, that's just an excuse. I really have got to be involved somehow. So um, I looked on the sheet and I was like, all right, the thing that will take the least amount of structured time is the laundry. And then I had to get over the fear of what is in those sheets. What is in those towels? Do I put gloves on to put them in my washer? You know, all of these things that I'm kind of ashamed that went through my head, but they did. They were things that I thought about. And and I will say that my husband, I think, asked a question or two about it. And, And that was just how it was. But, you know, over the last many, many years, I've done the laundry. And I do enjoy, actually, I know it sounds strange. I love doing laundry. I love to fold the things and see something, you know, Pull that open and have that sheet, and they, you know, slide in the bed. They can smell something fresh, and I know it's little bitty, but it's just a small contribution that we can do. Um, so that's how I got started into the laundry, and then, then I felt like I should be doing more. I need to do more than what I'm doing. So um, I was still really concerned because the girls were little. Um, I thought, what in the world's going to happen if one of these men get close? What are they going to say? I, I was just really worried and kind of like what everybody else has alluded to. I, w- I was scared. I didn't want to put my babies in some kind of environment where I couldn't keep them safe. Um, but several of the people in our Sunday school class were serving on teams and they were talking about how much their kids got out of it. So then I was realizing that, hey, you're, you're letting your fear keep you from doing something that could be really meaningful to your family and your children. So we bit the bullet and we signed up for a team. And we were um, with we were, we serve on the levels team, and ever since then my kids absolutely love to go. Time is still a problem in our house. It's still hard to, to do things at a certain time, and I've actually considered with them like, hey, we need to let something go. How about we let room in the end go? Our service to room in the end, and they won't let me do it. They they want to keep going and keep doing it. They like making the well. The big ones don't like making placemats anymore, Mallory still does, but they've enjoyed making placemats over time. They like decorating the table so it's something that's appealing and pleasing to them. Um, so, so that was kind of my journey through how I got to where I'm at, and I imagine we'll keep on serving room in the end because my girls will let me do anything but.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mitzi. Um, Kim, I uh, asked Kim to come forward, Kim and Dan. They have served on our team and uh, been great helping us and look forward to working with them for many years to come.
2: Hello, we're Kim and Dan, um, probably all you know us. Uh, we've been, uh, we started actually Room in the Inn before we even started the church. A friend of ours uh, knew some people that were involved in it, and we got a tour of the place. And then when we started going here, uh, we found out it was Room in the Inn church, and so we started uh, uh, going. And I mean, it's just a blessing to serve these people, these people that uh, have nothing, and then we can, you know, we can do all this for them. Um, we served last year uh, on Christmas Eve. And uh, I tell you, when Debbie told these people that uh, they were going to have country-style ribs, about four of them just about fell over. It's just—it's uh, uh, something that you can really, uh, you can really bless people with.
6: Yeah, I'm gonna pull the Mincy card. Maybe. Ah, there we go. Yeah, there's just something about. There we go. Anyway, um, so as Dan alluded to, yeah, our. our Journey with Rim in the Inn actually got planted or that seed got planted um, before we actually moved down here and had the awesome opportunity to um, tour through Rim in the Inn through a connection we had back in in Terre Haute. Her son um, serves in a directorship of some, sorry, I can't remember his exact title, but Jeff Moles down there. Um, So, yeah. So, um, hopefully... um, we'll have an opportunity. I would like sometime before we start room in the Inn this year to organize a tour for the, anybody in our congregation that would like to go down and see what room in the Inn does, which is so, so much more than just the night that they get to spend in a church. Um, it's an amazing, um, operation and what it is that they do to help the, the homeless in, in our area and that, um, I guess for me um, personally, um, what drives me and keeps me involved in that, I think basically, um, 1 Corinthians 13:13 13, 13, that talks about faith, hope, and love, and uh, 256 times or thereabouts that the Bible instructs us in some way to love one another. Um, and so it's whatever my hands and my feet can do, and if I have that opportunity then that's kind of what guides me, I guess. And the opportunity that came about with Room in the Inn, it was just, and as Dan's talked about, every time that we serve uh, Room in the Inn, we're humbled, um, and we hope that uh, somehow the light of Jesus shines through us and touches these guys. And you can see it um, in every one of them. At some point, in some way, every one of us um, has that opportunity um, to do that. So... Um, again, um, if you feel that little tug at your heart, um, then please contact um, one of us and we'll be happy to, to see where you can fit in.
2: Yeah, we got to show these guys God's love because we're the only, I mean, we're, we are His love. So
1: it's just a blessing to serve for them. Yeah. Thank you, Dan and Kim. Uh, we have a, a short video from one of our other teams and uh, from Jerry and Nisla brothers. Mark, you can go ahead.
7: That's a good question. No one has ever asked us that question, why we do breakfast. Um, I personally, I like to do breakfast because I know that that is the time where I can interact with her visitors. Um, and I feel like these are people that really need us. And giving them a hot meal, hot breakfast in the morning, it kind of wakes them up and, and gives them that, you know, assurance that, hey, we can make it through the day even if we only have breakfast. And you can see the other side of them. Sometimes they're grumpy, like all of us, uh, when we get up early in the morning and sometimes they're happy but um, we've had so many cases that you know where people some of them don't want to get out of bed but when they smell the breakfast they're like right away like they want to get up i want to eat and um, i love sitting with them and talking yeah what brought us through and then um well it it goes back to the way i was raised again You know, I was raised in a home where my grandparents were missionaries. I saw how my grandmother would get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and cook for the orphans or the homeless. Um, And and that is something that I was very, when I was a child, I, I didn't understand what homelessness was. So I used to really get mad when we had to get up too early and have to go and feed these people. That their family didn't want anything to do with them. I I didn't know the concept of it. And I remember there were times when my grandmother said, you don't have a choice, you're going to go regardless. You know, and we didn't know what summer was because we were always feeding the homeless. So I cherish those moments again. And I know that... um, these people will always remember that. These individuals will always remember the good that Good Shepherd do for them. They don't know me by name. They don't know who I am. They just know the church. I represent the church. So when they leave here, they, they won't say, Misla did this. They will say, Good Shepherd. Get that fulfillment to know that when we come here, we know that these guys are waiting for us. That is my, my greatest joy, is that we know that they're waiting for, for us.
0: What is one of my
8: favorite blessing stories? Well, it has to be an event that happened about a year ago. Uh, my family and I were out shopping one Saturday afternoon at one of the busiest malls in the Nashville area when all of a sudden someone came from behind me, nearly knocking me down to try to get in front of me. I really didn't realize who it was until I took a step back and took a look and it happened to be a gentleman who was one of our Room in the Inn guests that had been here a year or so before. And he he remembered us, um, you know, on all those sea of faces. We didn't recognize him, but he recognized mm-hmm. us. And I think more than anything, he recognized Jesus in us. And he stopped us just to thank us for the time that he spent here at our church, and just to tell us what a difference it made in his life. To me, that's what it's all about: is changing lives, making difference in people's lives, one person at a time. That's all God asks. And I highly encourage anyone. To be a part of the Romanian ministry. You will be blessed
7: by it. Sacrifice, but hey, in life, everything is sacrifice. And sacrificing for God's children, it's a joy in God's heart to see us doing this. And as he said, good shepherds have that reputation for doing good. And um, when we saw that guy at the mall, he did not call us by name. He said Good Shepherd, you remember that name. And the thing that I that I do get a lot too from the guys is they they will tell us that they will wait in line for the ticket that says Good Shepherd, because the one that has come before, because they said the hospitality is so great and this is one of the best church that they have ever come to one feel like their family. So I I, I thank you guys for giving me this opportunity because I tell you this is something that is very close to my heart. I love, love going out and feeding the homeless. If I could do this as a full-time job, it would be my job, it would be my number one job.
8: Jerry, do you have anything else to add? Um, I, I would just like to thank you for your time and for just giving us the opportunity to be able to, to share these few moments with you. I hope it's made a difference in, in the way you think about Room in the end. It really is a great program, and our church does it well. And we are a blessed church. And the way that it all works here is just phenomenal. Get involved. Get get involved. You you won't regret it. I promise.
7: Yes, you you will never regret being a part of, of uh, the room and the end. and, room and the end is. I think everybody, every person, should try it at least once, because it is so rewarding. Your blessing will never stop. I I know that. On my own, with my own experience, that
1: blessing never stops. Uh, many thanks to Jerry and Nisla. They're actually out of town this week. at Knoxville and came in earlier this week. That was condensed from about 35 minutes of video. Uh, so, and thanks to Mark for coming in and, and taking time to, to get the video of them doing that. It was a true blessing uh, for me to go through and edit it because there was so much I really wanted to leave in, and uh, this couldn't because of time constraints. Thank you. So if you will, hear these words. Matthew 25, starting in verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who will receive good things from my father. Inherit the kingdom that was prepared for you before the world began. I was hungry, and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothes to wear. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then those who are righteous will reply to him Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you as a stranger and welcome you, or naked and give you clothes to wear? When do we see you sick or in prison or visit you? Then the king will reply to them, I assure you that when you have done it for one of the least of these, brothers and sisters of mine, you have done it for me. Verse 41. Then he will say to those on the left, Get away from me, you who will receive terrible things. Go into the unending fire that has been prepared for the devil and his angels. I was hungry and you didn't give me food to eat. I was thirsty and you didn't give me anything to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't welcome me. I was naked and you didn't give me clothes to wear. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and didn't do anything to help you? Then the king will answer, I assure you, then when you haven't, have not done it for one of the least of these, you have not done it for me. And they will go into way into eternal punishment, but the righteous ones will go into eternal life. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, I want to tell you a little story this morning. Uh, I'll tell you a story of a young man when in the mid 80s. He was about 10 years old. His mother worked. Uh, Downtown Nashville to be be a fact, and uh, many times this young man spent time with her downtown. And back then, there wasn't a room in the inn. In the early 80s, there wasn't this great program that people from across the nation come to Nashville for recovery. And uh, but there was a mission, an actual Catholic parish, that this young man and his mother, as they would drive by leaving downtown sometimes late at night, the homeless would be gathered outside of, waiting for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. The young man also got to witness his mother helping homeless ladies that were close to her work in downtown. Uh, A couple of elderly ladies, especially, that had been abandoned by their families and were on the streets. And many times over a period of years, he witnessed her take coffee and food and blankets and shelter and comfort to them. So we'll go a little farther. The young man grew up. uh, It was a family business in one of the worst parts of town, surrounded by drugs, prostitution, lots of homeless. young man's heart grew pretty cold because it affected his business, and he didn't know how to see people for people. He saw things hurting his business instead and taken away from it. Change up a little bit here. There was another young man, a little bit older than the first, his mother was killed by a homeless man. And the response was a little bit different for him. So as we go back to the first young man, I want you to think about both of these guys. The first young man met a nice lady. He had been pursued by God most of his life. He argued with God quite a bit. And if he tells you the truth, he still argues with God some now. But uh, he was invited to church, which for the first time in 15 years, he graced the doors of a church and found love and forgiveness in the people inside and the love of Christ. And during that period, he was invited to his first room in the inn. And much like many of the stories we've heard tonight, Uh, There was a lot of predetermination of what was going to happen, attitude about what was there facing him, and a hard time trying to help those who were coming in. See, if you haven't guessed by now, that young man was me, and the time was 2004. 2004. So I've participated over the years and Debbie would tell you that I went kicking and screaming to that very first one. But what I found were people that had just made bad mistakes. Were people that families had abandoned were people that just needed someone to tell them God loves them. It really started to come home even more in 2008 when the economy turned bad. I got to see more and more people of actually companies that I would worked for. I didn't know them personally, but I knew the companies that they'd come from where they'd been laid off and they lost everything, one paycheck away from being homeless. And we still deal with a lot of that today in the program. They just don't have enough to afford housing. I'm going back uh, to the second man. The second man whose mother was killed by a homeless man was Father Tra- Charles Strobel. Father Strobel,. Father Strobel was the man that the first young man or myself saw passing out peanut butter and jelly sandwiches on the streets of Nashville in the early 80s. I had a chance to speak with Father Strobel this last week at Room in the Inn when we went down for the kickoff. And I've spoken to him before. One of the first times was here at a kickoff party we had here some years ago. And I told him then that I had not always been a friend of the homeless. I was not always the man you see right now. And he told me then to love them and be open. And he also told me something else this last week, and it resonated as we talked about it. Because I, He tells... You know, Room in the Inn is a lifesaver for many of these folks. The downtown mission is a lifesaver. But Father Strobel will tell the people coming into that that they saved his life. And I will tell you, that this program has saved and changed my life. You see, it takes all of us to answer the call to be world changers. Because to change the world, you have to change one heart at a time. And sometimes that heart has to be ours. So I ask you, we're getting ready to start up. Sign-up sheets will be out soon. Are you part of the in-crowd? We've got four teams at Good Shepherd. Throughout those teams, there is breakfast, dinner, lunch preparations set up, innkeepers, drivers, laundry, as we don't want to forget. And so, if you're not involved, I ask you to take a chance. Come out and join us for one night. Come out and sit down with the men as we have dinner and we fellowship there's been a lot of success stories from the program. There is a tremendous amount of healing that goes on through Room in the Inn. So I ask you to prayerfully consider these things. I'm going to ask the band to come on up because we're doing something a little different today. You know, everything's kind of been different in the way we've done things. Uh, We're actually... Going to combine our offering and communion today. And I want you to think, even though we're combining them, they are two separate things. Offering is our faithfulness to God, communion is God's grace to us. So, as they're preparing, I want to speak specifically to tithes. And a lot of people ask, A, a, a lot of people ask, "What?" A,
5: I'm so sorry. <laughs> that,
9: was not my fault. that was not the sound guy's fault.
1: So, I. Uh, <laughs> it's good stuff. Good stuff. So, as we're pre- preparing for offering, I, I want to talk specifically to the tithe part of it. Because, you know, a lot of times we we, we ask, well, what does the tithe do? What does the monetary part of our tithes do? And here at Good Shepherd specifically, our tithes provide the heat, the shelter, the showers for close to 300 men each room in the end season. Our tithes provide... A space where close to 1,000 people a year receive food and prayers through Feed the Need and our own food pantry. Our tithes do pay the salaries of our awesome music, children, and youth ministers. And it gives them a space to fulfill the ministries God is calling them to. Our tithes plays a small part, but does play a part in providing an awesome preschool for 85 kids at Little Lambs who may only learn of Christ through that center. Our tithes gives a space for 300 backpacks to be packed for kids in our community. Our tithes provides a space to fill hundred buckets of cleaning supplies, as we're going to be doing this next Wednesday, for those in Texas and anywhere else in this great land of ours that needs help. Our tithes through a portion of our apportionments goes to global missions in this world. It also provides class space for all of our adults, children's and youth classes, space for Boy Scout Pack 125 who visits us every Monday. It also provides a space that families can come together in love, in grief, as I've had to deal with a lot of this last week, to celebrate new babies being born, and birthdays, and all kinds of other events. That's what your tithes and offerings at Good Shepherd, well, where your tithes specifically provide at Good Shepherd. You see, it takes. Special offerings and ties working together to serve our neighbors and to change the world. So I ask you to think of these things as Pastor Jeremy comes forward to lead us.
0: Thanks, David, and everybody for those words. They're powerful. To hear the stories of everybody. You all have a chance to be able to sign for him at the end. Their biggest need right now is of money. To be able to do that, they need your hands, your, your service. But we do need your money through these buckets. So if you really would give something towards that today and think about that, we really would appreciate that so we can continue to buy the supplies that we need. It's an audacious goal. I think your pastor's crazy for putting iron buckets together. I want to look at some of the other bigger churches at what they were doing. But I feel confident we can do this together and be able to pack these with love everybody who's going to be receiving them because the water still hasn't gone down and there's still a lot more to be done our god is the god of this city and there is a lot more to be done in room at the end and everywhere else as we go through this you can bring your prayers through prayer request cards you bring your presence by taking the pad and writing that down because your presence is important if you're a guest with us today maybe you've heard something really powerful for you we hope you might find a place to belong here as that pad goes down to fill it out. The serve we've covered and the witness is all everything that we do. It's who we are. It's who we need to be. So I would encourage you this morning that as you come up and, and drop your offerings into these, ba- into these plates that are all along here to be thinking about the sacrifice that our Lord and God gave. That he would give his very life for us to do exactly what we're talking about doing. To serve, to love, to forgive. And when we come here in this place, we come together as a community of faith, as the church has been doing for thousands of years. Thousands of years. To break bread together, to remember his sacrifice, and his great devotion to us. And all he asked us in the main, in the main commandment when he boiled it all down, he said, Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God. Love your neighbors. There's nothing else closer to the heart of what Room at the End means. Just love them. Even when you're scared of them, just love them, right? I've been there too over those years of doing Room at the End. The first couple of times being an introvert when I was at Brentwood, it was a scary experience. But I can tell you, Being here on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve and all the other things that go along with room at the end, there is no greater expression of love that a church can do than to gather 12, or however many it is, homeless people together and just let them know that they matter and that they are loved. That's what Jesus did to us. He said, you matter and you are loved. And he proved it by pouring out his very life for us. And for the lives of those that come. And for the lives of those that come before us. He gave his life for our sake. So I will invite those to come forward to serve this morning. And by us prepare our hearts to receive. And let our teams come as we pray. Gracious God, may this bread and this juice be for us the living reminder of your great sacrifice and love for us. Pour out your Holy Spirit on these things now as we receive them. That they might change us. They might allow us to receive this means of grace and to go and serve your people in all that we say and all that we do. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Sacrifice for our sakes.
9: He is the God of our sakes. greater
6: My God,
0: things to be done in the city. There is more for this congregation in this corner of Hendersonville to do. We have called, been called to serve and to love and to give everything that we have to the God who loved us. We are called to love more homeless men. We are called to love more of those who think they don't matter and they, are, they aren't loved. We are called to be the beacon on this corner for this place. May you live into that calling. May we all live into that calling in powerful ways. And starting with being the yin crowd and working our way through to give our God everything that we have and everything that we are. Amen.
9: There is no one
6: sensitive to God this week as he's calling on your life to reach to his people this week.
5: Go with God. Amen.